listening to the Weird Talking Drums Podcast with your hosts, Derek Doucette and Corey Hoffey. This week's episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. I am Corey. I will be your host this week. Derek is not here today. He gave me the week off last week. I'm giving him the week off this week. We will reconvene next week. Now, that being said, talking about episodes, we are over 25 episodes into this podcast. We seriously hope that you are enjoying it as much as we are enjoying doing these episodes for you. Now, if you are enjoying these episodes, please feel free to share these episodes with your friends, share them on your social media, tag us in it, show us how much you enjoy listening to us ramble on about blast beats. All right. Cause come on, who doesn't <laughs> now, if you want to take it one step further, we now have merch for sale and you can get your tank tops, your t-shirts, your hoodies for those nights by the fire and your coffee mug to fill that brew up in style in the morning. All right. A link to that can be found in the bio of any of our socials as well as in the show notes. So check that out if you're interested and get yourself some We're Talking Drums merch so you can look sick. Now that all of that shit's out of the way, we have an extremely special episode this week. I got to sit down with my dear friend, the West Coast monster himself, Scott Buchanan from Unleash the Archers. Scott is a hilarious dude, and we had a great time chatting. Now, this conversation took place about a month ago, and since then, Unleash the Archers has gone on to win the Juno for Best Metal Performance for their album Abyss on Napalm Records. I just want to give a huge congratulations to them. I am oh so proud, and there is not a better group of individuals for this award to go to. So big ups to them. So proud and congratulations. Along with that, Unleash the Archers has just announced a first string of tours for the U.S. So, A, if you haven't checked out their album Abyss, go do it. And if they're coming to your city, go check them out because they are a killer live band and it is a killer tour lineup. So get your tickets now. And I believe they have a European tour also announced. So if you're in Europe, go get your tickets to that shit because that's going to be absolutely fucking insane. Okay. Now, all that's out of the way, enjoy my conversation with Scott Buchanan. 
Hello and welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. Today I have my good buddy Scotty Too Hottie on with me. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? <laughs> How you doing? It's good, man. I did not know that we were talking about drums. This is coming as a complete surprise. <laughs> I don't know if your management didn't talk to my management. Oh, well, you know, I just called you up and, and you know, we... We don't have to talk about drums, man. We can talk about whatever you want. You know, I I assume you just you are a drummer, so I think <laughs> that we tech, technically speaking, right? So you know, but we don't need. We can talk about your your beautiful yellow sweater you got going on there. You know, your attire. People, people are never gonna be able to see this though. I don't know. Let's uh, let's keep it on drums. Let's keep it on drums. <laughs> let's keep it on drums. Eh? All right, man. All right, well, just start things off, man. What what are you uh, what are you playing over there? What uh, do you, what what's your setup like? You know what my setup. I guess the people at home don't know what my setup is. I uh, I play it pretty <laughs> small. Play it <laughs> play it real real high and tight. Uh, yeah, no, twelve up, fourteen down, twenty two inch kick. I'm um, doing axis longboards, two crashes, a ride, a hi hat. Um, playing Lost Cabos drumsticks, five Bs. Oh, yeah. Fritz bringing the cat into the room here. Hold on. Oh, we got a kitty on, uh, on the podcast. <laughs> he uh, he can't handle the closed doors. He just doesn't do well with closed doors. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's it. No kid endorser. Been uh, yeah, just kind of using the. Uh, like the tour kit a lot, so I haven't really pushed for a kit endorser. I don't know. Nice man. I will say that those uh, you're are you still using the Axis um, laser pedals? Yeah, like the A twenty one or whatever the like wide ones. Yeah, wide bottom ones. Yeah, A twenty one lasers. Anybody who listens yeah. to this podcast at all knows. Uh, ever since we did our pedal episode, I have been like gushing over these pedals. <laughs> I yeah, do. they're so sexy. They look so awesome. How so? I think I saw this on on Instagram. Like, are you off tricks completely then? No, no, definitely not. I okay. still have my pair of trick pedals, but I keep my tricks as two singles, and then I have my axis as my double pedal. So right okay, now, okay. I have my kit set up with my axis pedals on it. Which today I really wasn't feeling it. My like my left pedal is like lagging more. Um, right. It's not as smooth as my right, which is why I always like two singles because I can get yeah them. yeah same it, experience. Yeah yeah, the feel is just so much better. Um, but for right now, I'm just yeah I'm doing more recording and stuff, and I like to record a natural kick drum as well, which is very you're hard not playing to, a lot of. You're not playing a lot of live shows right now. No, um, no, I haven't. I haven't <laughs> oh, why, why is that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder why. <laughs> oh, what you you did you not go on a uh, world tour last year? Like I'm calling you from the from the bus right now, Corey. We're on the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, fuck this um, world do you, right now. Do you do? Oh, dude, it's a nightmare. It's just I I don't know. Yeah. And as we get in like closer into summer here, like um, I don't know if you saw the other day, um, Prog Power uh, pushed back to 
uh, next year, 2022 or something like that. So it's like, and that was already pushed to 21. So like, this is like a two year push for them now. And it's like brutal. <laughs> yeah, man. I saw that. That is, uh, that's rough, man. And I know, dude, and I'm seeing tons of people announcing tours and stuff. And I'm like, man. I, yeah. <laughs> I, don't I mean, like, do we're, we're in that same boat, but it's like, you kind of like almost just like optimistically have to and then there's i think there's also like i don't know if this is actually the case because i don't really book the tours but um i imagine that there's gonna be this like massive demand for like resources when this all ends like every tour bus company is gonna have every tour bus booked out for like two years after this is over and so like i feel like there's gonna like there's probably this like like incentive to like announce a tour for like what you reasonably think is going to be go time again because if you don't like all the venues are going to be booked up and like all everything is going to be booked up you know what i mean so it's yeah. like probably driving everybody to do these announcements yeah that that's the difficult part because i see it and i'm like man i don't think that's going to happen but at the same time if i was in that position which yeah. we did have some loose offers come in and when I was talking to the Crimson guys, I was just like, we need, like, I don't think we should even think about this. Like, we should just say yes. Like, yeah. if you want us, we'll take it because we're not going to be able to book a tour if we wait until everything's good and then <laughs> yeah, try to book exactly. something. It's, like, going to be yeah. next to impossible. So. Yeah. It, it's going to be, like, absolute chaos when touring starts again. Like, it's going to be, like, five shows a weekend for... <laughs> two years yeah <laughs> and yeah. you know how many like I, i'm curious like how many people are like sitting on albums right now like how many bands are just gonna like there's just gonna be so many music releases like i don't know that's just this is all speculation i don't know anything but um, well i, I know i've heard of a couple like bigger rock acts that had albums ready to go last april and yeah. because the big tours they had planned um yeah didn't happen they're still sitting on their records which i think is not a smart idea you know like well like like, you guys <sighs> you guys released an album last year abyss uh yeah as far as as far as i know and can tell man it it did great things for you guys um and yeah. i know that the release did get pushed back uh a little bit uh was like a couple months um but yeah. I think that was just more so due to production and, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. I don't think that was COVID. I can't even remember why that happened. I think we mucked something up. Like, we might have missed a date for art or we might have missed, like, a date for something. I think we – I think that was – I can't remember, and Britt's probably going to get mad if she listened to this, but um, I think we screwed <laughs> something up, and we missed we missed the release cycle. But it was, like, we got just got pushed back into, like, the next three-month cycle or whatever it was. But – um. But yeah, bands like holding on to records, like, I. But I don't know, man, because like, an album and like a tour, like they're like lock and step, right? Like you, when you write an album, you're writing it with the intent to like take this thing out on the road, right? So as soon as you can't basically like do half of the album release, like we never, we di we ended up doing like that uh, album release show, but it was like a, a stream, like a live stream show. Right. And then mm -hmm. we, we still have never like toured this album and we haven't like played it live and it's like the weirdest feeling. So like, 
I kind of get it, like, but w- we were already like committed to releasing this thing when COVID happened, so like we couldn't have stopped it if we wanted to. But I'm, I'd be curious in some other dimension if the timing had worked out, if we would have been one of the people that like sat on it. You know, I don't know. Yeah, dude, and like you guys were in the middle of a a pretty kick ass tour when this COVID shit hit, and you had to fly yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, I was I like. Ch- ch- show number six on that dragon forest tour and yeah it was like yeah brutal yeah, yeah we were no. we were literally i think four days away from seeing each other again and yeah. and, and getting to play a kick-ass show at the opera house you know yeah so was dragon force uh gonna come to canada or were they not gonna come over the border no they they what? only had u.s dates for that right tour. so that was just yeah that was you and i and yeah yeah right okay yeah that, yeah that would have been sick man um yeah and that was but that was like the weirdest thing and i yeah like the the pace that that all went down at and <laughs> stuff like that we went from like i think like we were messaging you like with nick and everybody and like getting all hyped up and starting to like make fun of you and we had all these plans for like <laughs> pranks and shit we were gonna do to you and we got to the show and then like within 24 hours it was like well won't see Corey for two more years <laughs> yeah that's it man <laughs> oh man yeah and that that show is gonna be fucking killer like to think that you guys like Back in the day when you guys first started touring and everything, I'm going back like probably what like 12 years ago or so now. Yeah, um, at least, yeah. We we would play like small little fucking pubs in Mississauga, and you know, to yeah. literally just each other, uh, and, and <laughs> <laughs> to see right. like the fact that we were going to be on the stage together with a packed opera house. You know, it was like, you know, it was, it was, it's really cool to, uh, to see even going from the tour that we did together in what, 2015 to seeing how Uh, far. Yeah. 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 I think that was 2015 because that was the last tour we, we really did. Um, yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you guys have since gone on to tour the world. You got two more albums out, you know, we, we are planning to get this album done this year. Uh, don't quote hey, me. Everybody but. at their everybody at their own pace, Corey. There's no, <laughs> there's no problem with taking your time and getting it right. That's right, man. This is, we've actually recorded it four times and we weren't happy with it, so we deleted it. That's that's actually, what happened. Four times? No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Actually>, <laughs> no you're serious. I I swear I've seen like a million like stories and stuff though where it's like we're in the studio, things are looking good, and it's like Jimmy like doing some vocal takes and like you're listening to some drums and I'm like, okay, well this is gonna happen then <laughs> and then it's like and then it doesn't. <laughs> Dude, it's still it's in the in the works. And we had a really good flow going <laughs> um to finish up. Literally we just have vocals to finish up um before we like fully dive into the studio just to do full production. But we've like gone through everything with pre production um and, and worked out all the kinks that way. We just have some vocals to finish up and we were on a good path to, to getting this ready. Um and then COVID hit and it was just like put like a dead stop to everything because we do all the vocal tracking and everything at Ryan's house and uh, Jimmy can't go over there now. And then uh, we're trying to do everything from home now. We just had a meeting last week, but Greg was supposed to be working with our bass player because he lives 
fucking like an hour and a half away from us now. And, uh, but now we're in a full lockdown here in Ontario. So it's, everything is up in the air again. Like it's, it's a, it's a fucked up time, man. But we are serious about getting this album out and then starting (laughs) to write another record. You heard it here first. (laughs) New Crimson Shadows record, 2030. That's it. That's it. It's going (laughs) to, it's going to blow your socks off. That's right. Is the uh, is the bass player the guy that was uh, at the Vancouver show at uh, the rickshaw? Whenever that was. Yes, yes, Alex. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He flew Alex. out and yeah, did sorry. that show with us. Sorry if you're if you're listening, Alex. I couldn't remember your name. I'm sorry. <laughs> Alex Snape. Yep. And uh, yeah, and I was just actually talking to him about his band uh, Unbowed, and uh, we're trying to figure out how because he asked me to play drums on his record. So I'm like, all right, like I'll do it. But now we have to figure out logistically how this is fucking going to happen. So aren't you, uh, aren't you just set up to rip out anything back there? That looks pretty studio like to me. Yeah. A hundred percent I can, but it's, um, I want his ear on it because it's his record. Mm, So if he, and he did, he came here. So, and we recorded pre-production drums for the whole Crimson record in one day. I did right. nine songs in one day here, and it turned out sounding pretty good. We might actually just send that for the mix, like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. That's it. <laughs> I don't care. I edit it. Do whatever you need to, but yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, Alex is a, is a fucking sweet dude, and that, that whole vancouver rickshaw show was uh a shit show <laughs> <laughs> that was great though oh uh, dude it's fun I, times i uh i got a photo of you passed out i think that might have been the night before or something like that we were all around you i yeah. think that's like my <laughs> my yeah. best memory of that whole time <laughs> that was the night before we played uh yeah <laughs> yeah i had a little bit too much to uh drink and not enough to sleep you know happens it can happen can happen it can man it can all right man dude i got i got some other stuff i want to talk about here though i know i'm having a fun time chatting about (laughs) the good old days here but just reminiscing yeah reminiscing man oh man we could go over tour stories for days just on that one tour we did alone fuck the worst just the worst episode of the show ever where we just talk about things that no one was there for and like won't think are funny at all like <laughs> and then we busted out g-tone's window with his bus <laughs> everyone's like oh cool <laughs> who the fuck is g-tone <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> like, that yeah. that was an epic night though and now, see we're doing it that's now we're actually we're doing it Corey. yeah <laughs> we are i don't i i don't care man i it was it was fun and it wouldn't have happened if i didn't royally fuck up and uh try to get us a place to sleep at that the fans oh house. my god <laughs> i forgot about that house oh my god yeah i, I didn't and go the, inside the mom and the mom just like came and screamed it was like get out of my house oh my god and driving back to that walmart and then the mom came and dropped that uh that van off back at the walmart to like hang out with us after we got kicked out of the house yeah we're just in the gas station (laughs) at the end of the street off the highway and it was just like yeah she came and she came in the bus and (laughs) and she was all like i'm so sorry i'm so embarrassed you're like no big deal 
And then uh, Brit smashed the window out. <laughs> that's right. That's and that was the end of the night. We were like, all right, calling it. <laughs> yeah. That, oh, that was, that was awesome, man. Anyways, dude, um, one thing that I ha- have never really gotten a chance to talk to you about is the last two records. Uh and, oh, yeah? <laughs> and yeah, like oh, seriously. Those old, things. Those, those old things. Yeah. You went to Hanson Studios recording w- c- recorded with the legendary Jacob Hansen in Denmark. Me. Yeah. Yep. What what was that process like? Um like uh, did, was it was it nerve-wracking going into a studio session like that cuz before you were recording kind of with people you know more in Vancouver and yeah. it was a little more comfortable you're going to another country you're, you're living there for weeks on end uh like what yeah. what was that that process like i guess the first time around it would have been more of a culture shock than anything right well it was like they were they were both with Jacob but under mm-hmm. like two totally different circumstances. So like um, the first one, we like booked the studio time, and I can't remember if we had the studio booked first or the tour booked first. But we were touring with um, Tear and uh, Sirenia, um, and we were, yeah, we finished up that tour, and then like as soon as the the last show was in London or something, and then we flew to Denmark, and that was, and so it was like all sort of connected. So you're like. I don't know. You were already sort of like in band mode. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like you were like flying there for that. You'd like we had just been playing for whatever thirty days straight kind of thing, and um, and then like yeah, flew in. It was really cool though. Yeah, like we were. I think that was like our first like I don't know destination kind of record, if you want to call it that, where we were like like you said, like out of our comfort zone. We weren't recording with like Van City people that we knew and all that kind of stuff. We were like yeah, went somewhere. So it's like. I don't know. It's always you never you never know someone's process, you know. So you're always kind of like a little worried that like you're gonna get there and they're gonna come up with something like, oh, I only track drums like using this, and you've never done that before, or something like this. And you have you, you just don't like you don't know what someone's expectations are in terms of like what the, if they're willing to do punch-ins or it's like no you need to you need to play this entire album from start to finish in one take <laughs> and like that you know and it's like you just you have no idea how someone works right and so you kind of like um but obviously like jacob's like the coolest guy ever and i don't know if you've like ever met him or seen his band or anything like that but yeah he's rad guy to work with and like the studio is like so cool and you just you i don't know you're just hanging out chilling doing tracks the the pace is good we've we've had like more than enough time in both these cases so it was like there was never like a a rush you know i think i think you mentioned you did nine tracks in a day there i'm pretty sure i did like yeah on pace for like three or four we usually like give like three or four days for drums and uh yeah and it was like it was all gravy um he has like a drum tech come in and like do all the like tuning and kit setup and miking and like all that kind of stuff. So you're you're pretty hands off for that. Uh, obviously, like it's in Denmark, so I didn't bring any kind of kit in. I was using his kit and stuff, which I think he's um, yeah, which sounds great. Anyways, like he's I think he's done like a whole sample pack like based on that kit and that room and stuff now. So it's like his like. Jacob Hansen. There's air quotes there. You won't see that, but I'll translate that is <laughs> Jacob Hansen, uh, like drum sound. If you want to kind of get the tone of his room, and I, I don't, I can't say this with certainty, but I think a lot of drummers that track there use his kit anyway, because um, it's like 
just sounds really good and he knows how to mic it and um, his drum tech Martin knows how to tune it and everything like that. So they get a really good, consistent Jacoby sound out of it. Um, and then we, uh, for the second one though, it was a whole different scheme. We weren't touring. We, um, we flew in like explicitly to do that album. So that was, uh, that was kind of a different experience. Cause then it's like, yeah, you're not just sort of there. That was like, you know, you're flying halfway around the world to track this album. So it's like, yeah, you're kind of like a little bit more butterflies and stuff, but then also it was like, great. Cause you know, you, you knew everybody, you knew the place, you knew the room, you knew Jacob, you knew the routine. And it was like, um, I think, uh, maybe like just Andrew and I flew out to start the record or something like that. So it was like, and we rented a house like out on this, like, uh, beach on like a little, I think it's like a tourist Island kind of thing, like off the coast. And, uh, yeah. And it was like, it was actually like kind of super surreal. You were like staying in this like beach house and like tracking a record and it's like, what is going on here? And this is, <laughs> this is not my life. <laughs> it was yeah. weird. Dude, that, that sounds like you're living the dream man that uh yeah. just for for playing playing metal there are airports yeah, right? there too because <laughs> yeah uh, you get a you get little like glimpses every once in a while where you're like this is uh this is what it could be and <laughs> yeah. then you come come back to canada and you have to have a day job and all that stuff so <laughs> yeah you come back to the rent prices of vancouver and you're like fuck <laughs> I, there's no way that i could do this for a yeah. living oh man yeah exactly exactly so i guess having like a drum tech in the studio and everything that's uh that's pretty normal for you you know just having so you just have to sit down and 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 play <laughs> right because uh, well i mean <laughs> <laughs> uh, well i don't I, for at jacobs for the last two records yeah like um i think i'm trying to think in the previous albums like who who was doing the drum tech and I hope it wasn't me because <laughs> I can't imagine myself tuning a kit for a studio session. But I feel like there's always somebody like milling about who's like, this is the guy who knows how to tune a drum kit perfectly for the studio, you know? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's you. Mo most of the time with my drum sessions, it's been me who has done it. Yeah. Um, the last time Johnny Nocash was in the studio, we were in Michigan last February. And yeah. They brought in a guy, like we set up yeah. and and everything like that, and then they brought in a guy the night before we started tracking, and yeah, there's he always, like there's always a guy, yeah, <laughs> but he went through and like hit everything. He's like, yeah, this sounds great, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, so why are you, why are you here? Like they just didn't trust me <laughs> to do it properly, and I was like, I, like I kind I of know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, like I have an idea at least. You know, I've been I've been did playing you, these uh, things for long enough. <laughs> did you still have to pay the guy? It was worked into the budget, apparently. So we had yeah. a set rate that we agreed on. I don't know if he got paid or if he didn't. I don't know. We had some too, beers. Though, it's and like it was fine. It it's always like the the guy who's doing the tracking or girl. Uh, who's doing the edit that out? That was that's our first non-PC comment. The person doing the tracking. <laughs> um, <laughs> very inclusive. Uh, yeah. the person doing the tracking um always has their um what they want too, right? It's like you mm -hmm. like they know what the 
expectation for the drum kit should sound like and stuff and then they know that their drum tuner person that they bring in is going to get them that sound every time whereas you might come in and like it sounds good but it's like you're you know you torque down all your heads way more or something like that and he's like no I, I don't want the drum kit to sound like that when I do all the tracking and stuff right so it's just like I don't know it's just like them getting to their like level starting place every time kind of thing yeah and and getting more into recording myself and everything i totally get that like anytime i have a band um coming here which i haven't been able to because of covid but um the few sessions i've done i ask them to set up their drum kit the day before so they come over in the evening set everything up we run all the mics and then that gives me time to tune the kit to how i want it uh, yeah see, and then exactly right they can just walk in and they just have to worry about playing right we get we yeah. we set the levels with how hard they hit and everything and then we just go from there but in in my case when i was in the studio the last time i have a vision of how i want my drums to sound on on the recording right yeah. i i have that idea i i know what i want so I like to have a hand in the in the tuning and what kind of notes we're looking to hit and everything like that. I'm not that great with the theory of it, but um, mm-hmm. the uh, recording engineer that we were with um, knew all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm looking around this note for the kick and the snare. And then he's like, all right, like we were kind of going back and forth on let's let's go with these for the toms. And then we ended up actually retuning the toms to match the second track we are doing so we actually tune the toms to the key of the song because the songs were in two different keys and it actually worked oh, out really well like yeah so surprisingly i didn't think it would uh my drums really only like to sit at a certain note and that's it uh right it's my older kit so it's it's been it's seen some shit you know you know it, been it a little bit yeah a little bit yeah it's been across <laughs> from coast to coast a couple times uh in that do you fucking... uh do you have two different kits for like do you have one for johnny no cash and one for crimson or do you just uh, strip down the crimson kit yeah i do uh actually i ended up buying a kit a mapex meridian series just for mm. no cash because I got sick okay. of it. I got sick of having to tear apart one kit to do one show with no cash. And then the next day I have rehearsal and I have to reset up my kit. And it's just like constant like bullshit. <laughs> like yeah, I, yeah. I just yeah. couldn't do it anymore. Uh, so I ended up yeah. buying that kit. And it's the best thing ever. Like I, I absolutely love that kit. And now uh, I endorse Mapex and I'm waiting on my new kit. So I'll have a new kit for Crimson that has oh, the sick. three rack toms, two floors, two 22-inch kicks. Oh, look at you. Dude, it's going to be <laughs> a badass machine. But COVID has pushed back production. Um, Where's uh, where's your Twitch channel? I feel like uh, that's where that's where everyone's going these days. Where's Where's the Corey... Crimson Corey Twitch channel. <laughs> is that only is that because both your guitar players have Twitch channels? Is that why you're bugging me and, about and, it? And Brit. And Brit. And Brit. Yeah, I guess if there was a Twitch channel where I could make uh decent money uh just farting around on the kit, then you know. 
Fuck. I mean, both, both of us that, could, uh, could be. That could be our full time jobs. Come on. Isn't uh, <laughs> isn't this like isn't there like rocksmith for drums where people just give you like. Uh, song requests and you just like play along to it as best you can and like that's the whole channel yeah i feel like you could do that yeah i could i could butcher some other people's songs yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> that it, it would be fun man and i'm trying to get a setup going because of where i live um internet's not impeccable out here so right you know but uh yeah, I'm I'm trying to get it going, but I have so many other things going on, like the podcast and and work, trying to get this Crimson album done, which takes up most yeah, of my yeah, mental yeah. energy. Um and, and like a a ton of mixing jobs and session drum work and and whatnot that um I kind of put the whole like live streaming thing on the back burner for now cuz right. I, I just don't want to like put any focus on it and it then it takes focus away from everything else I'm doing. So, dude, it's like carrying all these things around mentally. You know what I mean? Even if like, even if it only takes like another hour or two out of your week, it's it's the burden of that weight on your shoulders. You know, you can't. Uh, you can only carry so much. That's right, man. Yeah. Although <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to buff up here so I can carry more weight on my shoulders. You, you know. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. That's it. Uh, He's so, flexing right now. You can't see that. <laughs> I am. Oh, you can't see. Oh, it's, yeah, it's so strong. It's, it's not. Im- it's not impressive. It's not impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so you you've toured all over the place, man. I'm sure you've had um, some crazy shit happen. But um, what is there one specific time that you had something on stage uh, that went wrong? Or as we call it here, an on-stage oh, disaster. Yeah. Um, what's my biggest on-stage disaster? I know you got to sift through all of them. Just like, <laughs> what's just, the worst? I mean, a memory palace of on-stage disasters. <laughs> um, trying to think. Uh, I think probably the worst, the worst like on-stage situation I had. Um, was like a show we played in Mexico. I can't remember if it was like the first or second Mexico tour or something, but um, for whatever reason, I didn't have my own drum kit. I guess it must have been the second one then um, where we like flew down. And so I was using uh, the house kits and it was like going off like relatively well. And then we got to one venue and they didn't have... I don't even know that they like really had a house kit or knew that they expected us to have a house kit and it was a bar. And so it was like, there was a drum kit back there and it had no symbols on it. And I was like, like I, I came to the, I think we had like a handler, Mayo, like, uh, who's a promoter here in Vancouver and stuff. And it was like, we're talking, it was like, you got to tell these guys I have like nothing. Like I have a pair of drumsticks kind of thing. And, uh, and so they like went into the back and like found this pile of symbols, but they were only splash symbols like only splash symbols. And um, so (laughs) we put together the drum kit in all the right places, but with only splash symbols. (laughs) And so it was like ride, two hi-hats, two two crashes in China, but it was all splash symbols. And it was like, 
we were like three songs in and like i just kind of like looking back being like what are we even doing like what (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing (laughs) this is the worst why am i even doing this this can't even sound good it was like it it was like a it was like a pickup show too though so i think like i remember like i don't even think the people at the bar were there for us like i'm pretty sure they were there because it was going to be a bar later on in the night so there was like 20 or 30 people like pre-drinking before it like turned into a nightclub kind of thing and then i don't think there was because i probably would have borrowed gear if there was openers and stuff so i think it was like just us like filling in a show between two other like bigger shows so it was a disaster but there was also no one there so <laughs> que sera. oh man i i would kill for a video of that <laughs> The Seriously. all splash set? All splash set. <laughs> I almost want to like put that together right now. <laughs> that sounds, Do you have like seven hilarious. splash symbols? Yeah. Uh, I could no. make them. I could I have a, I have enough broken <laughs> symbols I could probably make a splash kit. That'd be hilarious. It'd probably sound about the same. Super yeah. splashy. Super splashy. Dude, that that does sound like a fucking nightmare. Man, most of mine That was bad. Yeah. I, how do you how do you leave the house without your symbols, man? Like, come on. I think we were, yeah, like, I can't remember. We were touring, like, most of that tour with another band, but I know that they weren't there that night. Like, this might have been, like, the ultimate, like, pickup show kind of thing. I'm, like, trying to remember the context of, like, why that show even existed. I, I must have had my pedals. Like, I know I wouldn't have gone without my pedals, but... um. Mm. I, I think that was like super early in our careers such that we were like super economical. Like we had no extra money to burn. So it was like the difference of like a carry or of like a checked bag. And it was like, no, can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like a, thing, a so. couple hundred dollars to fly that one bag there and back. Yeah. Like, no, that's, that's over budget. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. That, uh, that is a yeah. When you actually like, when you actually check like twenty bags at the airport, and it's like when you pay that that bill just yeah. for that check luggage, you're just like oof, oof. Yeah, dude, it's Seven. rough. That's why before they really had like proper flight cases where you could put two guitars in. Um, Greg has two. I forget what brand it is, but um, I think it's SKB flight cases that he bolted together. And every yeah, yeah, time yeah. we went through the airport, they're like, no, you have to take them apart. And they're like, no, it, we're like, dude, you don't understand. Like, it is fully bolted together. <laughs> you cannot, yeah, you can't take it apart. <laughs> and they're like, no, it, it's two items. So I'm like, no, we're only paying for one. It's under 50 pounds. So, <laughs> like, that's it, man. Like, yeah. That's and, the, I think, like, the, the worst part is it's so inconsistent. Like, one time, like, because, like, Every every band ever has done the duct taping like flight tape two guitars together, right? And like, mm. and I've never heard of anybody bolting to SKV, but it's in spirit the same thing. But it's like, and then like most of the time, that's no big deal, and they just let you on. And it's like, yeah, sure, of course you'll do that, right? And then you'll get that one time where someone's like keeps making you take things out of the case until you get to exactly the right weight, and you're like, it's like half a kilogram. Just like be realistic here, but. You never know. It's so inconsistent. It's so inconsistent. Yeah, man. You never know. It's it's all up to the one specific person that you're dealing with, and that's it. Yeah. Like, dude, that that's a crazy think- thing about traveling as a musician, man, and and having all that gear and dealing with all that headache bullshit of the airports, man. 
Like, dude, the this the stress is just like ridiculous, man. And like now you like there's you always have like a chunk of your gear, like whatever, like your symbols and like extra drumsticks and like banners and stuff. It's like if this gets lost, whatever. Like I'll I'll figure it out on the other end. It's not gonna change anything. But then you've got that one piece of gear where you're like, I can't even play if this gets lost, kind of thing, right? Like and so mm-hmm. you you bring that on as your like uh like carry on bag and then you're just you're freaking out because you're like, oh, I know it's gonna get there unless at security they're like, hey, those drum pedals sure look sharp. Like these aren't coming on the plane, and then you're like already past the point of like being able to check the bag, and you're like, it's just, uh, I haven't been stopped yet, but like, uh, we were okay. This is a good one. This isn't my story, but this is Andy King. Um, he he wanted he had just got like a new guitar or whatever, and he didn't want to check it, and uh, and so he like brought it as carry on, and they. And it's, like, super oversized. And normally, like, we just ask to, like, put it in, like, I don't know, the coat rack or something. And they're, like, totally cool with that. Or they just don't mm-hmm. care usually. And the in this airport uh, airport in Denmark, they made him, like, disassemble the guitar so that it would fit in, like, the standard luggage thing. And he had to, like, take the neck off and, like, cut all the strings. And, like, he's in there with, like, pliers, bolts, takes the whole, whole thing apart. Holy just shit. we're, like late for the flight like it's like what is what are, what is happening and then we get on the plane and like there's so much overhead storage room like he could have put the guitar in there like 20 times right and it's like but then you just you absolutely like you never know who you're gonna get and it like can just destroy the whole thing yeah well we we had times because uh, with no cash johnny plays an acoustic guitar uh so mm. he's like i'm not fucking checking this thing he has a hard yeah. case and everything for it but he, like no no way even just yeah. like the the temperature change and altitude everything can really fuck with an acoustic instrument so we yeah. we did our research and like like technically speaking he's allowed to bring that on and so yeah. we we do that but when when you get on the plane usually yeah there's like a coat compartment or a space near the back of the plane but we got on and they're like oh yeah there's no there's no space like that on this flight so just put it in the overhead so he goes puts it in the overhead and then it takes up like an entire bay and nobody else can use that overhead and there's like kids with bags like where am I supposed to put <laughs> on this? Lap the whole time. Yeah, he just closes <laughs> it up, sits down. All right, got any beers? Like, oh man, it's like, country right there. Just that's give it, shit. man. Like, we got to protect our instruments. Like, that's it. And I think because with Crimson, we check all our instruments and all that type of stuff, uh, and then we just have like personal bags, which I have my laptop yeah. and and iPad and like the stuff that kind of runs the show. But um, yeah, yeah. You know, like anything else is all in like flight cases and and all that type of stuff. But with no cash, like all the guys brought their instruments on on the plane. They're like, "Yep, no Good way!" God. Like bringing their <laughs> their huge guitar and bass cases and everything. Like, yeah, we're doing this. I'm like, man, you guys are awesome. Like, uh, I I still checked my shit, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, if you would have brought a drum kit on the plane, <laughs> that would have <laughs> yeah. been great. Oh <laughs> uh, well, dude, when we flew over to Germany, there, I, I basically brought. I think I brought my cymbals and I brought sticks, and I think yeah. that was it. And I just like they Ye- they set up like a, a a a kit from another band for me to use for the the half dozen shows we had. 
So oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it was not great, <laughs> but it worked. It did yeah. the job. You know, it had yeah. the skins on it were like fucking eight years old, and you know, yeah, it needed some TLC. But I'm I made it happen. They plus in that type of atmosphere, they're not there to see me. They don't yeah. care, right? Like, <laughs> it's just Johnny. <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, in Crimson, I was like, nah, man, this kit needs to be fucking perfect. When we toured Europe, I was like, I need two kick drums, three rack toms. I need biggest, most it's badass kit. Yeah. I highly re- regret that now. I wish I went with something simpler. I still want two kick drums, though. So, I don't know. <laughs> it just It just looks way more badass. That's it. Like when you when you guys did that uh, U.S. tour with um, Necro, did you all share a kit for that, or did you bring your own gear? No, we brought all our own gear. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, we uh, we trekked all the way up from Toronto, drove all the way to California for the first show. Deadhead to California, yikes, dude. What's that like? <laughs> 38 hours, 40 hours of driving there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and <laughs> and we actually missed a day cuz we didn't get our work visas in time, so we had to leave a day, a full day later. Uh and then yeah, I think 3 days we were in LA. Uh which was crazy, man. It's like 14-hour days, 14-15 hour days every day. Non-stop driving, That's, dude. Uh... <laughs> yeah it was crazy it's just like you, you leave uh toronto and then all of a sudden i turn around and i'm waking up in a hotel in like fucking nevada and i look yeah. out the window it's just desert and i'm like fuck all right cool let's keep going <laughs> like that that was Little, six uh, hours got to spend there but yeah we walked around the casinos and everything i'm just in a haze of like fucking dead to the world <laughs> Uh, and that do that little first... uh, little glimpses of that rock star life right there, huh? <laughs> dude. You want to talk rock star life? We show up at the venue and we're getting all our merch shipped to the venue to start that tour, and then, yeah. uh, so Pure Later or UPS or whatever it was shows up and they're like, "Oh, we can't give you the the boxes because the door's not open. I have to drop it inside the door." So I was like, holy, what the <laughs> fuck is this? He's like, you can pick it up from the UPS store when I'm when I'm done my run. I'll I'll drop it off there. You can pick it up there. We're like, fuck it, fine, whatever. We go, we're waiting, <laughs> waiting, waiting. The guy never came back. So we ended up I ended up getting back to the venue twenty minutes before our set that night. We set up, we start playing, I look out and there's like five people there. And yeah. I'm like, we just drove <laughs> For three days straight, <laughs> I sat at a UPS for like three hours today. I'm stressing out and then get on stage to play to five people. That's the rock star life, man. Yeah. I thought that I thought that was a really good tour. You guys are super stoked after that tour. Wasn't it was. Like uh Necrogoblicon talked to us afterwards they're like man i don't even know why you guys showed up this is just like a warm-up show before the tour actually starts like we you know oh, I don't, you missed the I, memo <laughs> yeah and we were just like what the fuck man like all right <laughs> awesome he's like yeah don't worry the rest of the shows will be great and they were they were they were fucking <laughs> rad but that first show is like we we're so stoked to be there and you know like our kind of our first like u.s run and it was just like 
Ugh, this sucks. It, it was kind of a cool venue, too. It was small, but that's what I was thinking. Like, oh, yeah. fuck, we should pack this place. Like, no problem. Like, 200 cap? Like, fuck, perfect. It'll be sick. Fuck no. yeah. Did, and, and it didn't even matter <laughs> if we had merch or not because nobody bought anything. <laughs> you didn't sell one shirt? Not one of those five people bought a crimson shirt? Yeah, I don't I don't think we, we made a single dollar that night. So Oh man. That's oh, dark. Dude. That's dark. Yeah, <laughs> the rest of the tour went really well and then we got to do a show <laughs> with um Avatar on the way back and that was really cool. Oh, yeah. 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 And then uh then we ended the tour on the lowest note possible, uh playing in Pittsburgh to two people. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but did you sell any merch <laughs> uh dude i totally don't remember that was a shit show of a night man mattress ended up fucking puking in his backpack in the van on the way to the border mattress <sighs> <sighs> uh we love you uh, but fuck your sloppy man <laughs> fucking pittsburgh oh god so um Abyss, Back to new podcast. record. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Abyss. What, what's new, the other record? What's the other record, record called, Corey? Apex. Oh, I he didn't barely even have to got look that. It up. You, can't, you couldn't see that, but his face was legitimately struggling right there. Yeah, you'll hear the snapping in the background. <laughs> 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 yeah, dude, for some reason, we'll call it Awakening, because that was the video I was just watching before. There's a lot of A's. On. There's a lot of A's mixing around there, for sure. It's, it's tough to keep it all straight. And dude, your your videos are fucking doing insanely well. It's uh not shocking. But dude, I went I, <laughs> I, I let's let's go through the list real quick. Um Cleanse the Bloodline has 4.7 million views. Uh Tonight We Ride has 9 million views. Awakening Is that the has 11. One? No, oh, Awakening has go. 11 million views. Uh, and yeah, dude, that that's insane. Uh, and then you go like uh, Abyss, which is from the new record, has close to 3 million views already. Within Is that the, yeah. That, yeah. That, go. <laughs> I'll stop and, interrupting. <laughs> so, Asking questions about my own music videos. Yeah, like you... <laughs> I know you're not like tight on the books. Uh, that's a, a Brit thing, but you should know these numbers, dude. Come on. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't, I don't sit around <laughs> watching my own videos, Corey. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. Uh, um, <laughs> and oh, dude, oh, yeah, yeah. and you got General of a Dark Army, uh, which was independently done and. 6.8 million views on it, buddy. I, to be fair, these are all independently done. <laughs> no, <laughs> but... None of these are... <laughs> oh, like yes. off of Napalm, I see what you're saying. Off of Napalm, <laughs> yeah. off their their, yeah, their yeah, site yeah. and everything. Like, that is on the Unleash the Archers YouTube channel. Uh, no, yeah. no extra promo from the big-time label in Austria, you know? I think you're uh, you're forgetting one important gym in there. Is there is there another video on that list still? A, a gem? Are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably hold on, hold on. Let me 
Let me let it's me open Dawn, it up. Here. Dawn of Ages Sasquatch shit, man. That's yeah, uh, that's yeah. the OG video that started it all. That is probably my favorite video of all time. I I, I haven't watched that in so long. I'll bet you like Dude. I'll bet you we all look so young that we like can't even. I probably don't even want to watch this. It's just gonna make me sad to see how like how <laughs> we've all aged. <laughs> 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 well, dude, I look at at some of the the pictures of uh, of you without a beard, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> who is that guy? Uh, but yeah, Dawn of Ages, 1.4 million videos of you guys driving around in a van and then getting abducted by a Sasquatch to play in a uh, cave. Yeah, camping trip. Oh man, yeah, this is a throwback. That's uh, that's Grant dressed as the the Sam Squanch there too. Oh, a little fun fact for for your listeners, good old dude. Grant. That's so. I'm on, I'm on the like I just scrubbed to the scene where we're like in the cave, and just to like show you how old that video is, the TV that's in the cave is like an old CRT TV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like I'm pretty sure that. I'm pretty sure that was all that existed for TV. Like that was your <laughs> TV. Yeah, somebody must have had that in their house at the point. Well, we all lived together, so somebody must have had that in the house at that point. But yeah, yeah. that's well, that's dated right there. Yeah, but fucking fantastic! Everyone, go check out that video, Dawn of Ages. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Scott, man, it's been great catching up with you. Thanks for taking the time yeah, to to chat and, uh, you know, be an in- insightful visionary for our listeners out here. You know, you got <laughs> a lot to offer. You've, you've done a lot of stuff, and you're a phenomenal drummer. I think that's the first time I've ever said that. But <laughs> <laughs> I can see the pain in your face. <laughs> No, thanks for having me here, man. It's been uh, it's been a blast. Um, yeah, man. I don't know that we really <laughs> talked about too too much of value, but I was happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know, not not every show is going to be about gear and rudiments, so you know, this uh, this is just fun fun Got chat it. with drummers, man. That's uh, you know, sometimes you just need to catch up with some some old friends, you know. <laughs> yeah, this maybe this should have just been a phone call between you and I. <laughs> that's, that's all right. That's all right too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we hope that you enjoyed listening to us ramble <laughs> on to each other. Uh, <laughs> all right, brother. We'll talk soon. All right, later, dude. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message, and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.